We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Raptors Nation? It is Luca here, back with the Raptors Nation podcast. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday, February 1st. At the time of this recording, the All-Star Reserves have not been selected yet. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on if Scotty Barnes makes it or not. But in this show, I wanted to talk about the latest out of Raptors land. I'm going to be talking about Jordan Wara, who has been shining and impressing me lately. I'm going to be taking a look at the latest Bruce Brown trade update that has been given to us by Woj. And then finally, we are going to take a look back at Marcus Gasol's Raptors tenure as the legend himself officially retired from professional basketball. Before we dive into it, do me a solid, everybody. Hit a like on the video and please subscribe to the channel. We are almost at 1,000 subs over here at the Raptors Nation YouTube channel, where I bring you guys day-to-day content from game recaps to reactions to videos to this podcast every single Thursday. You definitely want to keep it locked and loaded here. And also, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. All right, let's get into it. And we are first going to start with Jordan Wara. I mean... People thought this guy was just a throw-in in the Pascal Siakam trade. And as I said on X, he's not just a throw-in. This guy can hoop. And I know it's a very, very small sample size. But what do you know? Wara finally given some minutes, finally given some, op- some opportunities here. And he's been making the most out of them. I, I think it's safe to say Wara's not going to be getting DNPs the rest of this season. I mean, how about Wara? He has just been such a great positive during the last stretch here when it comes to the Raptors. And he actually has a pretty unique backstory. So Wara grew up in Buffalo, New York, and he went to the 2016 All-Star Weekend, which was in Toronto. And that was actually his first in-person NBA action. So full circle moment for Wara. In Toronto for All-Star Weekend in 2016, now he's playing for the team in 2024. And I tell you guys, 
he has impressed me a lot so far. I mean, try not to get too ahead of myself here and trying to temper the expectations because, again, it's been two outings, and it's a very, very small sample size. But he's been looking good. And to me, I mean, he could potentially be a key bench piece when you look at the Raptors' long-term plans. As you look at... If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Awara. With three starters missing, he burst onto the scene. He made his biggest impact and contribution on Sunday in Atlanta when the Raptors almost won that wild outing as he co-led the team with 24 points, had nine rebounds, six assists, hitting shots, getting busy on the glass, making plays, getting his teammates involved. He's got great size for a wing player. And then Wara was back at it again in Chicago, a game in which the Raptors did win, down starters again in Pirtle, Quickly, and Barrett. In 19 minutes of action from off the bench, Wara, 17 points on 5 of 7 shooting from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, and one of his three-pointers made came in a four-point play, which I thought really changed the dynamic of the game from that point on as the Raptors then went on to get the lead, and they didn't look back, going on to beat the Bulls. and. Worrell almost had a poster dunk too. I mean, it was great to see the Raptors so many games under 500 and the whole bench got up to its feet in excitement because Wara almost had a poster dunk. And that's just the type of athleticism and, you know, his ability to get to the rim that has really stood out to me. But you, you look at Wara on an undermanned Raptors team, he really was the guy who ignited the Raptors' second unit and that bench, showing off his length, his shooting ability, his ability to create. And like I said, I really like his size on the wing for the Raptors. So this is the type of player the Raptors need, right, with the second unit. A guy with his length, his size, who's able to shoot. And Wara, we see it. When he's in the zone, he can be an instant bucket. I love his shot. I love how he's able to just, you know, get it off and he's smooth with it. So again, it's it's very, very early and trying my best to temper expectations here. But just looking at it, seeing what he's done, the eye test. I mean, he has a chance to be a productive part of this Raptors rotation. Like I said, potentially long term. Now, it is interesting to note that Wara is an unrestricted free agent this summer. But if he continues to play as he's been playing and he impresses the Raptors, it's going to be hard for them not to keep him. I mean, he's 25 years old and, you know, he can be 
a potential hidden gem. Let's call it for what it is. Everybody was quick to criticize the trade for Pascal Siakam. Meanwhile, you looked at it and you got three first round picks off the bat. But then, you know, the players coming back in, Bruce Brown, even if he doesn't stay, you're going to cash in on more assets for him, whether it be a future pick. Reportedly, the Raptors want a future first and a quality player. And then we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kira Lewis hasn't really been given an opportunity yet, but then Wara, could he end up being the hidden gem of that deal when it's all said and done? So I've really liked what I've seen from this guy, and he's going to continue to get opportunities here. The Raptors, obviously not prioritizing wins and losses the rest of the way. Darko made that clear, which is the right call in my opinion. It's not about trying to win. It's not about trying to go after the playing tournament. It's all about letting these young guys shine and really seeing what you have here as you assemble this youth movement in Toronto. And if Warwick continues to play like this, it's hard not to see him a part of that equation. So we will see how Wara follows up his last two impressive performances with the Toronto Raptors. All right. Speaking of Bruce Brown and maybe the Raptors are able to get even more assets for him, which would be the cobweb of the Pascal Siakam trade. Bruce Brown, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. So we are officially a week away from the NBA trade deadline, guys. One week from today. And there's been a lot of speculation about maybe the Raptors head towards a fire sale. It was reported by Josh Lewenberg. He speculated that the Raptors could, in fact, be open for business. We know the only untouchables on this team right now for the foreseeable future, Barnes, Barrett, quickly. Everybody else could come into play in a potential trade. So with one week before the deadline, could the Raptors get busy and make some more moves? Remember, Masai Ujiri hinted at more moves potentially coming when he addressed the Pascal Siakam trade. And one of the biggest names that have come up in the rumor mill, Bruce Brown Jr. And rightfully so. I mean, Bruce Brown right now could help every single contending team. He is he's like that. He's a plug and play player. We saw with the Raptors, you know, his first game in, didn't even practice, made an impact, did a lot of the good things. So teams can, will really benefit from Bruce Brown Jr., teams that are looking to make a run when it comes to the playoffs. So the latest update via Woj, which was on uh, his uh, threads piece on Instagram, he said that Toronto is fielding offers for Bruce Brown Jr., lots of interest, 
no rush. This is per Woj. So we know what the Raptors, <laughs> you better know by this point, they don't rush for anything. I mean, look how long it took them to finally pull the trigger on this entire youth movement and trading guys like Ananobi and Siakam. So I wouldn't say it's a foregone conclusion just knowing the Raptors track record that Brown is gone by next Thursday or other players on this roster like a Schroeder, a Boucher, even a Gary Trent Jr. He too is an unrestricted free agent. But if I had to say which player currently on the Raptors roster would be the most likely to be moved ahead of next Thursday's trade deadline, I would say Bruce Brown would be at the top of that list just because, you know, teams have been uh, inquiring. Teams have been contacting the Raptors. And like I said, teams that are looking to make a push could use Bruce Brown for as soon as this season, for the second part of the season. So Brown, we know he's highly coveted. And we knew when he was acquired in that trade for Siakam that this could have ended up being a cup of coffee tenure because for as good as a player Brown is, doesn't necessarily fit the Raptors' rebuilding timeline as a key piece. And then you look at Brown, guys. He has said to have significant interest from around the league and teams like the Knicks, Lakers, Bucks, Mavericks, and even his former team, the Nuggets, have all been teams connected to Brown ahead of next Thursday's trade deadline. And the Knicks and the Lakers in particular have come up a ton because you know the Lakers are going to make moves with LeBron being all cryptic on X with the the, uh, the 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 time glass. And you know the Lakers are making moves. Put out that. They always make moves when LeBron James on the roster, especially since they're struggling. So Bruce Brown, they were interested in him before he signed with Indiana last summer. That could be a team. And obviously with the Lakers, they have that 2029 first round pick at their disposal. The player part of it will be tricky, though, who they send back. And then the New York Knicks. And remember, Brown was basically pitching himself to the Knicks before the Raptors game against the Knicks in New York, saying that he's a fan of Thibodeau and that he's a dog. And Brown knows deep down that his Raptors tenure is probably not going to be a long one. So those are teams that I, I mentioned that could look to push to trade for Brown. And if the Raptors do trade Brown, it is important to note that they can't trade him alongside any other Raptors player due to the NBA's recent traded player restrictions. So it would just have to be Brown going to the team for obviously what the Raptors would want, a first-round pick and a player back. And in return, the Raptors are looking for a first-round pick and a quality player. This was per Mark Stein's substack. So again, it's not a foregone conclusion just because of how methodical, slow, and patient the Raptors are given their track record. But I would be surprised if Bruce Brown doesn't get traded before next Thursday, especially since there's been a lot of suitors that have come up to the forefront. His name continues to come up in the rumor mill. It wouldn't make a lot of sense for the Raptors to cash in on more value for Brown because, again, Brown doesn't fit the timeline. And for the Raptors, it's not about now. It's all about trying to set themselves up for their future and what's of big interest for the Raptors right now? Future assets and draft picks. And right now, the Raptors projected to have four first-round picks in the 2024 NBA draft. And maybe it's more if they do end up trading Brown for another 2024 first-round pick. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Raptors got some names that would make sense to be dealt. And I am all for a fire sale if the Raptors do, in fact, go that route 
in this final week before the deadline. They got names that would make sense on a lot of other teams, veteran guys, guys who aren't a part of the long-term plans here. You know, even a guy like Gary Trent Jr., I already said it. I'm open to trading him. If they can get good value for him, he's an, he's un, he's an unrestricted free agent. To me, Gary Trent Jr. has just been way too inconsistent. I think if the Raptors can get value for him, that's another guy that I wouldn't mind the Raptors trading. Uh, you know, obviously Boucher, Schroeder, two veteran guys make sense. And then Pirtle, he's injured right now, but, you know, that's another guy. Maybe OKC gives the Raptors a call because they could use a veteran center for a playoff run and they give the Raptors future assets. And obviously with OKC, they got a lot to work with, with their future first round picks and, and how many picks they have at their disposal. And it's funny, ESPN actually put out a mock trade the other day, which I put on X to so go, go check it out. And it, it was pretty enticing to me, you know, a couple of picks, some, some young players for Schroeder and Pirtle. Again, the Raptors, they're not trying to win for this season. They're not even trying to win for the next season, arguably. This is going to be a slow-moving process. So it's not about getting guys who are going to help you win now. It's about getting as many assets as you can and, and really hoping the young core develops with your three guys that you know aren't going anywhere and Barnes quickly and Barrett and just getting a bunch of future assets that can be you know around those guys and Hopefully this thing comes together all at the same time as we've seen in the past in other rebuilding situations like Orlando, like OKC. So it'll be very interesting to see what the Raptors ultimately do. The trade deadline, like I said, a week from today. Can't believe it. It's already here. And you know, it's funny. It feels like we've already had the trade deadline because of how many trades we've gotten. And they all were around the Raptors, believe it or not. The Raptors got the party started early this trade season. So there's a week left to see if anything else happens. All right, guys, I wanted to conclude today's show by reflecting and talking about a Raptors legend, one of my personal favorites to ever rock a Raptors jersey. I know it wasn't a long tenure. It was a short stint. But Marcus all unbelievable career, officially calling it a career, officially retiring from professional basketball and it's going to be five years ago next week, guys, that the Raptors put that bow on their team that would end up winning the championship when they acquired Marcus All from the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, when we look back at that very, very special 2019 Raptors team that went on to win the championship, obviously the guy who made it happen was Kawhi Leonard. But I always said it, and I still believe it to this day, that if the Raptors don't trade for Marcus Saul, I don't think they win that championship. He was very, very vital and important to that team, especially in the playoffs when the Raptors had to combat some of the bigs that they played against. And Jonas Valanciunas, I remember the reaction like it was yesterday at that time, you know, giving up the young big, again, making a win now move. A lot of fans didn't like it. But it made perfect sense for the Raptors. They were all in that year, and they knew this was our time to win with Kawhi's future uncertain. And obviously, he left. So they had to make the moves that they did. And this was such an amazing move because Gasol ended up being the missing piece to the puzzle. And he was unbelievable in that playoff run. You know, how he was able to combat Nikola Vucevic in that first round against Orlando. The job he did against Joel Embiid in the second round. And then, you know, in that Eastern Conference Finals, when the Raptors were down 2-0, Gasol 
did a masterful job in helping contain Giannis in games three and four as the Raptors were able to turn that series around, win four straight, and obviously the rest is history of winning the championship. So Gasol, you looked at what he did for the Raptors, great defensively, combat a lot of the bigs they played against. You know, he became a stretch five, a guy who was able to hit the three-point shot towards the end of his tenure, and we saw a lot of that with the Raptors. And Gasol, you know, he was one of those pieces that did return in the Raptors' following season, which obviously got cut short because of COVID. But it was great to see Gasol contribute and win a title. You know, that was one of the guys who definitely deserved the title before his career was wrapped up with. And then, of course, Gasol Gasol spent one final season with the Lakers. Then he went to Spain, and now he's officially retired. So, man, what stands out to me the most of Gasol is just him partying. Like, he was so enthusiastic, excited, and rightfully so at that parade. I remember I I was there amongst the millions of people that were there trying to get a good look at it. When Gasol was just partying on that bus, you know, he was just, he definitely had a lot of drinks that day. And, I mean, I don't blame him, but Gasol just, he loved it, man. And then the other thing that stands out to me is just, you know, him hugging Serge Ibaka, another veteran that finally, you know, got to the promised land, able to win a title. And Ibaka, I believe he hasn't officially retired yet, but that's obviously going to be coming soon. So, yeah, Gasol, man. Again, he wasn't here for a, a whole long time, but very, very key piece of that Raptors championship run. And I think, you know, he could get overlooked on that team because obviously – all eyes were on Kawhi Leonard, obviously some other contributions they got with Fred, Pascal Siakam making the big shot in uh, the series clincher. But Marcus Gasol, from a totality standpoint in that playoff run, he was a very, very key piece. So Marcus Gasol officially retires, and boy, oh boy, time flies, guys. It's like all we have left from that team, literally, are memories, and Chris Boucher, of course, but he could find himself dealt in the the next week and as soon as Boucher is traded moved that's officially going to signal the end of that Raptors stellar stellar team man just makes me smile thinking back literally I can't stop getting all goosebumps and being happy just thinking back to that team because it really really was a special squad and I'm not just saying that as a Raptors fan It, it really was just looking back at the pieces on that team that got it done together so That is going to conclude today's show, guys. Going to keep this one relatively short. Just wanted to bring you the latest from Raptors land. Let me know your thoughts to to some of the things I talked about today. What have your impressions been on Wara? Do you think the Raptors are going to get a Bruce Brown trade done? Who else do you see the Raptors trading if they make any moves between now and next Thursday's deadline? And what is your favorite Marcus Saul memory? Let me know down below, guys. Hit a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. That is it for me. This is Lucas signing off. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, stay safe.